Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. On Wednesdays, nothing else matters. So, phone, email, conversation. I start the day by going on a big, long prayer walk. And I've been doing this for years, literally years. But this Wednesday, I don't know what happened. I know better. I really do know better. And, you know, the, the texts were coming in and the emails were coming in and I had this conversation. I was talking to Paul about stuff, you know, work stuff, not just about the dog, but work stuff. And, and I thought, my gosh, it's 10.30. I haven't even started my message. And so I did, I did what I always do, which is go for my prayer walk to up the mountain, and I was speaking in tongues, and I got about, I'd say about a minute into that, and it was almost like the Holy Spirit saying, hey, 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 what are you doing? And I literally just, I stopped, and I breathed, and I, and the the fellowship of the Holy Spirit just came. And I kept, and then I started to actually just walk and pray and listen. I love the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians, might be 15, 13, says this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And, you know, we talk a lot about the grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God. And I am so thankful for, all, for, for those, for the grace and the love. And I would be lost without them because they have literally changed my life. But do you know what else I am so thankful to God for that has literally changed my life? And that's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And I'm so hungry for this fellowship. The psalmist David said in Psalm 42, he said, I long for you. I'm thirsty for you. And later on in Psalm 42, he says, he thanks God for the help of his presence. Did you know about the help of God's presence? Do you know about the help of the Holy Spirit? I hope you do. We're starting a new series today, and it's called Power Point. When Jesus left in Luke 24, he said to the disciples, don't go anywhere until you are clothed with power from on high. Don't do anything. Don't go and preach a message until you are clothed with power from on high. The Holy Spirit wants to clothe us. There's so much that the Holy Spirit does. So much. So, there is an open invitation to all of us to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, to still our hearts, to quiet our minds, and to connect with him. 
And I think it's really, really tragic that a lot of Christians discount the third part of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All God, all necessary, all available to us. The Holy Spirit is not a force and he's not a power. He is a person. And he is God. Just like the Father and the Son. You know, I was reading in Strong's because I, did, I was doing a lot of looking up of words. When I say Strong's, that's a concordance. Sorry. I was doing a lot of looking up of words. And under the Holy Spirit, do you know what it says? That he is never referred to as a depersonalized force. Don't you think that's interesting? Like, that is awesome. Never. Because he's a person. And you might be sitting here today and you might be one of those people who discount the Holy Spirit. Maybe you think talk of the Holy Spirit is too weird or maybe you think it was for biblical times and not for our time and maybe you don't understand him or what he does. And there is an open invitation for you today and for the rest of this series, which is going for three weeks. And I'm believing that the Holy... If you, if you think that way... I'm believing that the Holy Spirit will come alongside you. If you're here in the building or if you're with us online or sometime, sometime, wherever you may be, I'm believing the Holy Spirit is going to make himself known to you. In fact, I'm praying for that. Father, I'm praying that in the name of Jesus, you will come alongside people today and people who are with us online and you will show them who you really who you are not who they think you are but who you are that they will experience your presence that they'll experience your touch in a fresh and new way see the thing about the trinity one of the things is that they all work together and we can't discount any one of them Tim Keller, when talking about the Trinity, talks about the dance of God. Have you heard about the dance of God? Some of you will have. He says that the three members of the Trinity work together. They they glorify each other. They defer to each other. They serve each other. It's a relationship of mutual glorification. And hey, every relationship is supposed to work that way to defer to the other person, to serve the other person. So when our daughter and son-in-law and two grandsons left last August to go to the UK, and I had three car accidents in four days, so I wasn't wasn't upset at all. Can you tell? Clearly something was wrong. Clearly I wasn't coping. Do you know what my husband did? He never said, woman, what the heck are you doing? (laughs) Every time he said, honey, are you okay? (laughs) Right answer. Thank you, darling. Because I'm a person, an expensive person at times. but (laughs) And all the wives said. (laughs) Anyway, let's not go there. When we spend money, we defer to each other. So it's not unusual for me to come home and Paul to say, uh, I was going to spend that, but you cool with that? Or I'll come home and say to him, I was going to buy that. This happened last week, actually. But I thought, oh, maybe I should just check with you if you're happy with that. 
When we make decisions, we're happy to go ahead if we're both got a green light. Because we defer to each other. John 16 says this, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Can you see how they all work together? The Holy Spirit is not speaking whatever he wants. He is speaking what he's heard from Jesus. The Father has given all things to Jesus. Jesus has given to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit speaks to us. So let's not, you know, they're all important, including the Holy Spirit. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit was sent by the Father. The Holy Spirit was sent here to help you and to help me. And we need the Holy Spirit. And as I said a few weeks ago, there is an assignment in this city to shut down the moving of the Spirit and to leave everything to intellectual explanation. To shut down the church as ineffective and we are here to counter that assignment. We are here to see the Spirit of God move in our city. So how do you respond to what I'm saying today? Are you only interested in something if you can understand it? Yeah. Have you shrunk God down to something that you can understand, to merely intellectual explanation? Now, God gave us all a mind and he wants us to use it well. He does. Our minds are important, but they are limited. And if, if your God can be totally understood with your mind, your God is too small. He is. Isaiah 55 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. Anything you can imagine, God's ways are beyond it. In fact, Ephesians 20 says, All glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish indefinitely more than we might ask or think. More than you can ask more than you can think with your brain, our God can do more than that. He is far above. His ways, his thoughts, his power. And for some of you today, he really longs to show you that more. He wants to show you the more he has for you, the the freedom he has for you, the joy he has for you. So it's not just deep, deep down in your heart, it's coming out of your mouth. The fulfilment he has for you. And look, it's on the other side of you allowing the Holy Spirit full access. Because you get to choose, I get to choose. Full access. To let go of control. Oh, that's a big one. To allow, to let go of control and allow him in. To follow him and to trust him wherever he leads. You know, that's the life of living by the Spirit, is to follow him wherever he leads. When I stand up here this morning and prophesy, you know, I'm out on a limb. A total limb. But (laughs) 
I'm committed to letting the Holy Spirit lead me. I thank, I'm so thankful for people who have let the Holy Spirit lead them and prophesy and let the river of God flow through them. I remember Fergus McIntyre. Some of you may or may not remember him. He's a prophet that was in our movement for very long. He's an older man now, but for many years he came to our church. And I remember he stood in front of me in a meeting and he just said to me about 50 times, I was with you, I was with you, I was with you. I was, and he probably felt like a total fool. But he didn't know that I had just been through the, the darkest days that I had ever been through. And I was so disappointed and so angry with God. And I thought, you left me. You didn't care about me. And he just stood there and said, I was with you. I was with you. No, not, not Fergus, but God. And it was exactly what I needed to hear because he had allowed the Holy Spirit full access to his life. Those of you who were here on Dream Sunday will have heard me talk about how I went on a prayer retreat earlier in the year and how God spoke to me about how we're going to be unblocking wells this year so that the river of God can flow in our city. I'm excited about it. The river of God is full of life. It's full of health. And our city needs the river of God to flow in it. Every part of our city needs the river of God to flow through it into the public, you know, into the parliament house, into the schools, into the universities. When I'm praying, I pray that. I say, God, let your river flow into all of those places. Don't stop, just let it flow. Ezekiel 47 says this, Then he said to me, This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. I love that. Living things. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Can you see a picture? Fishermen. Anyone want to be a fisherman for Jesus? Fishermen will stand alongside the shores. Fishermen will stand in, the, in, the, in Canberra. Fishermen who will shine the light, will let the river flow and people will come to Jesus. Fish of every kind will fill the, Red sea, uh, the Dead Sea just as it fills the Mediterranean. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both sides of the river. The leaves will never turn brown. There will always be fruit. There will be a new crop every month for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves will be for healing. There is life where the river of God is. There is food as in sustenance and health. You know, we have many times people come into our church and in worship they just, men and women, not just women, they just cry because there's healing in this place. We have people healed physically in this place just in worship because the river is flowing. But, and our city needs the river. Our city needs more than just intellectual explanation, even if they don't know it. The river of God needs to flow, is in this place, but it actually needs to flow through us when we're out of here. 
John 7 says this, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who's thirsty, come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not entered into his glory. Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as rivers of living water that flow out of us. That's what that scripture says. He's telling us that when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive rivers of living water. He brings so much. I am so thankful for the Holy Spirit. Just looking at the time, let's figure out when I, how much of this I have to not say. <laughs> Why would you try to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit? It's so hard. It's so hard. The Holy Spirit is the counsellor. It's one of the things that he brings. And so when I'm talking to someone and you know, there are things going on in, in their life, I am listening, totally listening. But also, I am listening, and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is it that they need? Because he's the counsellor, I'm not. And when I don't know what to do, I go and I pray, and I say, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? Because he's the counsellor. He's the helper. And when, you know... Paul the Apostle says that I would rather boast in my weakness so that the power of God can work through me. So everything that I do, if, it's, if, I am, if I need help, I want the power of God to flow through me. So therefore, it's okay for me to be weak because he is strong, because he wants to help me. He convicts. Who loves that about the Holy Spirit? No, not so much. But I'll pray and the Holy Spirit will go, yeah, well, that. And so I'll go home and I'll say to Paul, honey, I'm sorry that I said, this happened about two weeks ago. (laughs) And I said, honey, you know what? And and I apologised and he said to me, "This this is the awesome thing about getting older. He said... Honey, I can't even remember that happening. He was listening. Isn't that a great thing about getting old? We are going to be hilarious when we get old. We're already old, but we're getting even more hilarious. Okay. The problem comes, one of the problems comes, when we allow things into our heart that quench the flow of that living water. That scripture says that Rivers of living water will flow from our heart. It actually says heart. And an example of a well can simply be our own heart. And when the well of our heart is blocked, it can't get to the living water, which is the life source. And when we can't get to the life source, life stops flowing. And we might become offended or cynical or shut down. Or always cranky. 
And we can stop those rivers from flowing and allow unhealthy things to sit on our heart. And you know what? We need to have a river that flows just for our own health. But people out there need the river to be flowing through us as well. Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. And when we allow things to sit in our hearts that will block the flow, unforgiveness, judgment, bitterness, sin, it blocks the flow. Jeremiah 2 says this, For my people have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. We can build our own pathway, which to me is like just living a religious life rather than a spirit-filled life, a spirit-led life, digging our own wells, which is water that cannot refresh, it cannot heal, it cannot cleanse. So you might be here today, come up, where is she? She's somewhere, there she is. The Holy Spirit might be speaking to some people here today, saying the well of your heart is blocked. You're trying to live your life disconnected from the living water, from the life source. Is there something that you need to deal with today? Is there something that you need to bring to God today? Where does the river need to flow in you? And as I was praying into this message, I think the Holy Spirit is specifically putting his hand on bitterness. A heart that is bitter. In Exodus 15, God delivered the Israelites from Egypt. He did this amazing miracle and shot them through the Red Sea. They just walked straight through it. Pretty amazing. And they're in the desert for three days without food and water, so they would have been cranky. And they got to a place called Mara, but the water was too bitter to drink, and that's exactly where you are inside. Inside the water of your heart is bitter. And Moses, he went to God and he asked God what to do. And God said, throw this wood into the water and the water will become good to drink. The bitter water will change. The water will become sweet to drink. And Moses did what he was told to do and the water became good. Are there things Is there specifically bitterness blocking your heart today? Because after they drank that water, the Israelites went on. And in Exodus 15, it says they came to Elam where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms and they camped there beside the water. There is so much. The Holy Spirit has cleansing, purifying rivers for us if we will allow Him. James 3 says this, does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh and bitter water? Well, no, it doesn't. 
So I want to ask everyone just to take a moment. Take a moment. Give God access. Because some of you he will be speaking to. So that the river can flow. pray this prayer that we're all going to pray together. Let's do that. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. I choose to live for you. Forgive me for my sin. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.